Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right, well, good morning, church family. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, it's so good to see you. I want to welcome you uh, to Canyon Creek. I also want to take a second, welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today. And if you're joining us for the first time, I want to ask you to do me a favor uh, and fill out our Connect card during service today. There's a few ways you can do that. You can uh, point your phone camera to that QR code behind me. That'll take you to our website. You can send us a text. Or if you received a bulletin on your way in, you can uh, fill that card out, tear it out, drop it in the places you leave today. We want to get some uh, information from you so that we can serve you the best way uh, that we can But man, I'm just excited about where we're headed today as we enter into this week of of Thanksgiving. And uh, this today is one of those messages that was hard to write because it was sort of hitting me really hard as I was going through it and preparing uh, this for today. But I kind of want to start out by explaining the vision behind this. uh, And that's that we live in an epidemic today of, of stress and worry and this overall sort of unsettledness about life. And I don't know if you've experienced that personally, but I know that I have. Uh, and we live just in this epidemic of, of this heaviness in our hearts and in our lives. And that heaviness is the weight of all the things that we carry. Uh, we're carrying a lot of weight. The truth is we carry a lot of weight that we were never intended to carry. Uh, There are a lot of things that we try to take with us through this life. There are a lot of things that we just hold on to and try to handle on our own. And we have this idea that I have to hold all of this together. And with that comes this weight that we carry that we were never intended to carry. And that leads us to a life of stress, leads us to a life of worry, brings a lot of anxiety into our life, uh, takes us to a place of brokenness, a place of fear, because we try to carry all this weight that we were never intended to carry. And I brought with me today this this grocery bag. This is an H-E-B bag, because we live in Texas. Praise the Lord for this. And I don't know about you, I love grocery shopping. I love it. I love going in, picking stuff out, getting it. The part that I really don't like is when it comes time to put all that stuff in these bags. Really don't like doing that. And when I go to H-E-B, I try to pick the line that has a cashier and a bagger. And what typically ends up happening is by the time the person who's in front of me is paid, that bagger has moved over here. And now I am the one that's going to bag my stuff. And I'm just not very good at it. That's a skill that I never learned in life. And uh, I guess it's too late now. But I get there and I have all this stuff. And I don't know what goes with what and what doesn't. And I've even had some times where I put something in with something else and the, the person there is like, are you sure? You know, that, that's not the right thing to do. But what I end up doing is I put way more in this bag than it's probably meant to carry. Uh, and I'll have like an entire cart full of stuff and I'll walk out with three of these. You know what I mean? And this hit me, not this week, but last week, because I loaded up three of these bags with about 50 things in each one. And I got home and I got them out of the truck and I'm carrying them into the house. And I start to feel that not only is this bag ripping, but one of these is also ripping. 
And you know, when that happens, you've got like just a few seconds to get where you're going. And I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of hunched over like this and went to the grass and let it all fall out there on the grass. And there it was. And I'm, you know, now I've got to go inside to get more of these to, <laughs> to carry. And, but the best part of the story is, you know, our, our little street is under construction and, uh, I'm sitting there and I look up and all the people who are building the house beside us, they're just looking, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen next. But the problem is this little bag was only made to carry a certain number of items, right? It was only made to carry a certain amount of weight. And when we put too much stuff in this bag, it gets stressed and it starts to rip. It rips open and everything that's in it falls out all over the place. And that's what happens when we try to use this for something that it was never intended to do. And the same thing happens in our lives, right? We carry so much stuff that we were never intended to carry and we're bloated with all of it. We're worried, we're stressed, we're anxious, we're afraid, we have questions, we have doubts, we have this fear over the future and we stuff all of that stuff in our bag and it starts to get a little frayed around the edges and it begins to tear, it tears our emotions, it tears our joy, it tears our minds, it tears our peace. Things begin to fall apart and we end up in this place of brokenness, this place of worry, this place of fear, all because we were carrying things we were never meant to carry. And here's what I've found to be true in my own life. About 95% of the things that I'm worried about are beyond my control, right? But I'm still carrying them. But I'm still stuffing them down in this little bag, right? There are things that I absolutely could not change even if I wanted to, but I'm carrying them anyway. Right? And when I think about that, you know what I think? I think the devil is so smart, right? That he can get us all stressed out and worried and afraid over things that are completely beyond our control, right? These are things that we're never gonna be able to change. These are things that we're never going to be able to control. These are things that we're never going to be able to fix, but we get trapped in this cycle of brokenness and worry and fear, carrying this bag even though it's full of things that there's nothing we can do about, right? But we worry anyway. We carry it anyway. We can't change it. We can't control it. We can't fix it. But we stay trapped in this fear, this stress, and eventually that bag is gonna break open, all right? Jesus had something to say about this in the Sermon on the Mount. We're gonna read it from Luke chapter 12. This is one of those gut punch, heart check moments in the ministry of Jesus in verse 25. Jesus asks us this question. He says, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Can you do that? And I think we sometimes don't understand the point of this question. What is Jesus saying? It would be easy to add one tiny moment to your life, right? Think about your life. It's not very long, but it seems to be pretty long. These are some, some long years of life. Are you able to add one moment to it? Jesus says, no. If you're not even able to do a little thing like that, why worry about the rest? Now, it's easy for us to, again, read that and, and move right past it, but let's think about it for a minute. All of that worrying that you do, does it actually change anything? Does it actually fix anything? Can it even add one single moment to your life? The answer is no. So Jesus goes on to say, if worry can't even accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over these big things? Here's what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying your worries 
are bigger than your ability, all right? Your worries are bigger than your ability. When it comes to fixing and changing these things that you're worried about, you have a very limited ability. And Jesus is saying, you don't have the ability to change these things, so why are you worrying about them, right? All it does is stress you out. All it does is make you afraid. All it does is steal your joy. Now, if Jesus stopped right there, that would leave us in a pretty hopeless place, wouldn't it, right? Imagine if that's all he said. You're worrying about things you can't fix. These things are beyond your control, period. If he stopped right there, we'd be discouraged. That would leave us hopeless. But Jesus goes on, right? He tells us, your worries are bigger than your ability, but they're within God's ability, all right? Let's take a look at the next verse, verse 27. Jesus says, consider how the wildflowers grow, right? They don't work, they don't labor, they don't spin thread, they don't do anything. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field and the grass which is in the field today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? One of my favorite translations, it says, if that's how God takes care of the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more does he care about you? And then it asks, why do you have such little faith, right? Maybe that's where you are today and you're carrying a bag of baggage and it's beginning to rip open full of things that you were never meant to carry. Let me just tell you, God cares about you. He cares about where you are. If he cares about the grass of the field, which is going to die the very first time there's a frost, how much more will he care for you, right? He cares about your life. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about your family, all the things that you stuff in your bag that you're worried about. He cares about each and every one of those things that you're carrying, all right? Peter tells us exactly what to do with this. He says, cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. Peter's telling us all of these things that you're worried about, all of this fear that you have, all these cares, take that bag, give it to God and leave it in his hands. Why though? Because he cares about you. Listen, you can trust God because he cares about you. So here's where we are today. We live our lives at a place of worry. We're carrying too much. We're carrying things we were never meant to carry. We're worried about things that we can't even control. This is where we are, all right? So much of our lives are consumed by this. We get stuck here and we worry. And the place we want to get to is a place where we're able to rest in the goodness of God. The place we wanna to get to is a place where we're able to rest and our trust in him. Jesus lets us know worry is not gonna fix anything, but if you know that God is good, if you realize how much he cares about you, then you can rest in knowing that he cares about you even more than the grass, even more than the wildflowers. So how do we get there? How do we move from a place of worry to a place of rest? Because I don't wanna stand up here today and just say, oh, you're worried? Rest in God's goodness. You're gonna say, great, thanks, thanks, bud. I'll go home and I'll rest in God, right? No, how? How do we do this? You're thinking, do you know about the thousands of things that are running through my head right now? We cannot become so spiritually minded that we're of no earthly good. So we say, oh, just pray about it. Just rest in God's goodness. That's great. But how, right? There's a bridge that gets us from a place of worry to a place of genuine rest. And the bridge is gratitude. All right. Gratitude. Gratitude is what gets us from a place of worry 
to a place of rest. And here's why. When we're grateful, we put ourselves in a posture of dependence rather than a posture of self-sufficiency, which is vital to your life. Because it's when you come to terms with your dependence on God that you realize, I can't do this on my own anyway. It's when you come to terms with your dependence on God that you realize, I can't fix this anyway. I can't control this anyway. I want to have full control. I want to be able to fix everything. I want everything to be dependent on me. But when you come to terms with your dependence on God, it frees you to rest in him. And gratitude is what does that in your life. So we have to move from a place of self-sufficiency to a place of total dependence on God. And that's hard for us because self-sufficiency is a virtue in our culture today, right? It sounds really good to us. I'm a proud American and I work hard. So I'm gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm gonna figure this out on my own. That's a great attitude to have, okay? That attitude can help you accomplish some great things in your life. But there's also a negative side to that. There's also a detriment to that attitude. And the problem with it is this, self-sufficiency is great until you run into something that you can't handle on your own, okay? That's where self-sufficiency dies. That's where you hit that wall. And all of a sudden, your groceries are all over the lawn, right? And we very quickly realize, oh man, I can't handle this on my own. I don't have enough power on my own. And everything begins to fall out of that bag. But rest comes when we realize that we're not really all that self-sufficient. It comes when we realize I really need to depend on God. And he is worthy of my trust. My worries are within his ability. And I can take these things that I'm worried about and I can leave them in his hands. So how do we get there? How do we, how do we do that? How do we practically move from a place of worry to a place of rest? How do we move from self-sufficiency to total dependence? It's gratitude. It's thankfulness. It's giving thanks. Gratitude is a spiritual discipline that reminds us that we can trust God with everything in our lives. We're thankful for what he's done. We're thankful for who he is. We're thankful for the way that he works in and through our lives. And that gratitude helps us to trust in him because when we're truly thankful for something, it takes all of the focus off of us. Think about that for a minute, right? What is gratitude? It's being grateful, it's being thankful, it's giving thanks for someone or something, for who they are, for what they've done. So gratitude, it takes all of my focus off of me. And when I'm grateful to God, it puts all of that focus on him. It makes me realize it's not all about me. It's all about him. Gratitude, it takes me out of the attitude that it's all about me and it replaces that attitude with the understanding that the only reason I'm making it through the day is because of the fact that God is good. That's it. And that's when I can truly rest in him when it's no longer self-sufficiency and it's now total dependence on him instead, I can rest when I realize it's not all about me. I can rest when I realize it's not all on me. I can rest when I develop the habit of giving thanks to God because that postures my heart in a place of total dependence and trust in him, which builds my faith, okay? Here's the problem. Most of us have gotten really good at gratitude this one day of the year called Thanksgiving, right? 
For most of us, gratitude, it's a once a year thing. And it may be for your family, and I'm not knocking this. You go around the table. Let's say something you're grateful for before we eat together today. And you're dreading that moment, right? Because it's hard for us to come up with something, right? Think about how silly that is. It's hard for us to come up with something to be grateful for. For most of us, gratitude, it's a once a year thing. And even on that one day a year, it's a challenge, right? Some of you are really good at gratitude. So you extend it all the way through Christmas. And you have this month of the year where you're grateful, this holiday season, that's awesome. You have these few months where you're really grateful for what you have, but for the other 10 months, you're just trying to keep everything together, right? That's how most of us live our lives. But gratitude, it needs to be a daily discipline in your life. And this is why I love the the gratitude project that we do here at church, because it helps us to develop this daily discipline of finding something to be grateful for and writing it down because that's expressing it, right? Here's what I can promise you. If you can develop the daily discipline of gratitude in your life, I can promise you, it will change your life. It will change your mind. It will change your heart. It will change the way you see the world. It will change the way you perceive your circumstances. It will change your relationship with worry. It will give you new eyes, new vision to see how God is working in your life each and every day. Gratitude is a daily discipline that will shape your heart, your attitude, and it will change your relationship with worry. And I want to give you a few ways that it does this. I want to make this as practical as I can because I don't want to just say gratitude is the bridge from worry to rest. Now go be grateful because that doesn't do you any good, right? Now we need to figure out how. How does this happen? How does this work? I'm going to give you just a few things. The first one is this. Number one, we are reminded that we can trust God when we're grateful for who he is, all right? Here's how I do this. When I'm in a difficult situation, I begin to pray. I thank you, God, that you're bigger than I am, right? Thank you, God, that you're smarter than I am. Come on. Thank you that you're stronger than I am. Thank you that you're wiser. Thank you that you know better. God, in this situation that is beyond my control, I thank you that it is within your control. I thank you that you're strong, that you're mighty, that you're powerful, and that you have this in your hand. I thank you, God, that what is bigger than my control is, is, is within your means of control. I can't do anything about this, but I thank you that you're aware of what's going on in my life and that you're working in it. This situation, it doesn't look good, but I thank you, God, that you are good. This may have caught me by surprise, but I thank you that nothing catches you by surprise. I thank you that you're in control. What does this prayer do? It pulls me out of my place of self-sufficiency and places me in a posture of total dependence on God. It removes me from this attitude that it's all about me. It removes me from this attitude that it's all on me. It takes this bag that I'm carrying that's getting ready to rip and it places it in God's hands and it allows me to say, God, I need you, right? When we thank God for who he is, it gives us the confidence to trust in him. We see this all throughout the Bible. Psalm 106, verse one, starts, it says, hallelujah, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good right? We thank him for who he is. His faithful love endures forever. I love it. The psalmist writes, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, period. That's it. Simple statement. You can trust God because of how good he is. If you'll just pray, God, I thank you that you're good. It will remind you that you can trust in him. It will remind you that you can depend on him because he's good, because he's faithful, right? We sometimes walk through life with this 
mentality that God is sort of distant and angry and mad and upset, but that is not what we see in scripture at all. The anger of God was satisfied on the cross of Christ. He sees you as his child, right? He loves you. He cares about you. Here's another one. Psalm 7, 17, the psalmist writes, I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of the Lord most high. When you remind yourself that God is righteous, you can trust in the fact that he's going to handle your situation, right? He's not sitting up in heaven just doing things for his own advantage. He cares about you, all right? When we thank God for who he is, it builds our faith and our trust in him. It moves us from a place of self-sufficiency to a place of total dependence. It moves us from worry to rest. Gratitude is how we get there. See, putting our worries in the hands of God is pointless if he's not strong enough, right? Putting our worries in the hands of God is pointless if he's not wise enough. Putting our worries in the hands of God is pointless if he's not good enough. But when you realize that he is strong enough, when you realize that he is wise enough, when you realize that he is good enough, everything changes. Gratitude is the discipline that frequently reminds me of who God is. All right, you with me this morning? Here's the second thing, number two. We're reminded that God is for us when we're grateful for how much he cares about us, all right? When we thank God for how much he cares about us, we're reminded that he is for us. And if he is for us, what can be against us, right? Maybe that's the reminder you need to hear this morning, that God is on your side, that he's faithful, even specifically for you. That's a big deal. Sometimes when I'm walking through something difficult, I just begin to pray, God, I thank you that you are for me, right? I thank you that you're not against me. I thank you that even when difficult things come up in my path, that you care about me so much. And that helps me to remember that he cares about what I'm going through. What is that doing? That gratitude is reminding me of how much God cares about me. That's a wonderful reminder. And that's a, that's a reminder that we need. And that's important because it doesn't matter how mighty or powerful someone is if they don't care about you, okay? Think about it like this. Bill Gates has a lot of money, right? A lot of money, so much money. He has more money than any of us could ever need combined, right? And Bill Gates could change your life forever if he just decided to write you a check. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? You're like, that's exactly what I need. I need Bill Gates to just write me a check. (laughs) And he has the ability to do it because he's extremely wealthy. The problem is he doesn't care about you at all. (laughs) He doesn't know you. So it doesn't matter how powerful he is. It doesn't matter how rich he is. None of that matters for you because Bill Gates doesn't care about you. And a lot of us have that very same understanding about God, right? We do. We know that he's strong. We know that he's mighty. We believe what the book says. We believe that he's powerful enough to have created the world. We know about his power. We know that he's on the throne. But does he care about me? And you would say, well, of course, I know that he cares about me. Do you really? When you're walking through that difficult circumstance, do you know that God cares about you? When you're walking through the loss of a loved one, do you know? that God cares about you. When you're facing the biggest trial of your life, do you know that God cares about what you're going through? You might have all of the head knowledge. You might have all the right verses memorized, but do you really know 
how much God cares about you. Chances are you're carrying around a bag that is full of things that you were never meant to carry. What if this happens? What if that happens? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Can I do this? And that bag is beginning to rip. There comes a time where you have to pray, God, I thank you that you care about me. I thank you that you care about my future. I thank you that you care about what I'm going through. I thank you, Father, that you didn't create me by accident. I thank you that you created me on purpose for a purpose. I thank you that you have a plan for my life, even when I don't see it. God, I'm grateful that you do. That gratitude, it begins to change your heart. It takes you from a place of worry to a place of rest. If you want your faith to grow, don't just believe in God's ability. Remember how much he cares about you. Remember how much he cares about your life. Remember how much he cares about your family. Remember how much he cares about what you're going through. Remember how much he cares about the emotional struggle that you're dealing with today. Remember how much he cares about the thousands of things that are running through your mind, right? God cares about everything you're carrying. And he says, I wanna carry it for you. Remember what Peter tells us to do. He says, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares about you. Yes, he is strong. Yes, he is mighty. Yes, he is powerful. Yes, he is good. Yes, he is faithful. But the best news of all is that he is all of those things for you. And when you are reminded that God is for you, you, you remind yourself of that by being grateful for how much he cares. If you're walking through something difficult today, if you're carrying around that bag full of things that you were never meant to carry, just begin to thank God for the way he cares about you. It'll shift your thinking, okay? Here's the final thing, number three. We are reminded that God is faithful when we are grateful for what he has done, all right? So if we put these three things together, we're thankful for who God is, we're thankful that he personally cares about each and every one of us, and now we're thankful for what he's done. When you're grateful for what he's done, it gives you the faith and the confidence in what he's going to do. We know that we can trust God with the future when we remind ourselves of what he's done in the past. Because it's easy to trust someone when they've demonstrated their good character to you, right? That makes it easier. When we remember that God has been faithful in the past, when we remember the character that he's demonstrated to us, when we remember that he's never left us, when we remember that he's never forsaken us or abandoned us, when we remember that he's walked with us through everything that we've been through, when we remember what he's done, it gives us the confidence in what he's going to do because we've seen his faithfulness in the past. All right. When you're grateful for what God has done in your life, it moves you from a place of worry to a place of rest. Go back and think of all the ways God has demonstrated his faithfulness in your life, okay? It's not just talk. It's not just belief. It's not just what someone else said he did in their life. It's about what he's done for you. When you remember what he's done in your life in the past, it gives you the faith and the confidence in what he's going to do in the future. Even in the valleys that you've walked through, God was with you. He didn't leave you in that valley. He didn't abandon you in that valley. He's not just the God of the mountaintop. He's the God of the valley. And that gives us the faith and the confidence that we need in what he's going to do for us in the next valley. 
the daily discipline of giving thanks for what God has done keeps us out of a place of blind faith and places our hope in God's demonstrated, proven character. I hear that phrase all the time and I'm really getting sick and tired of it, blind faith. Someone told me just this week, just this week, don't tell me this. You just need to have blind faith in God. That's what it's all about. Let me just tell you, Christianity is not a religion of blind faith, not even a little bit. Remove that phrase from your vocabulary. We don't blindly put our faith in some guy who might exist in heaven because we don't know what else to do. No, 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 that's not our faith. We know who he is. We know what he says. We've experienced his presence in our lives. We've seen him work in our lives. We've seen him work in the lives of others. We know what he is able to do. So there is no blind faith where we just say, well, maybe there's a God and maybe he cares about what I'm going through and maybe he'll do something. No, our faith says, God, we know who you are. We know what you can do. We know that you love us. We know that you care about us. We've seen you work in the past and we've trusted in your demonstrated character. There is no blind faith with our God. He has demonstrated his faithfulness to us time and time and time again. So if you're stuck at a place in your life where you're carrying a bag that is full to the brim and it's beginning to rip, you're carrying things you were never meant to carry, begin to thank God for what he's done. It will bring peace to your present circumstances. All right. This needs to be a daily discipline in your life. We cannot relegate gratitude to one day a year. We cannot relegate gratitude to one week a year. We cannot relegate gratitude to the holiday season. What about the other 10 months? I truly believe if this becomes a daily discipline in your life, it will change who you are. It'll change your heart. It'll change your emotions. It'll change your perception of the world. It'll change the way you view your circumstances. It'll change your relationship with worry. It has to be a daily discipline. I want you to think of gratitude like blood pressure medicine, okay? What happens if you go to the doctor and your doctor says, your blood pressure is not good. You need this medicine to help. And you say, okay, I'm gonna take this pill one day a year. How many of you know it's not gonna work very well? It's not gonna be good. It's not gonna do its job. It's not gonna do what it was supposed to do. It's not gonna help you at all. You have to take it daily. You have to take it regularly. You need that blood pressure medicine on a daily basis because it's regulating your blood flow. And that sounds pretty important to me. In the same way, we need to be grateful on a daily basis because it regulates your life. It regulates your emotions. It places you in a posture of total dependence rather than a posture of self-sufficiency. Gratitude lifts our eyes to a God who loves us and cares about us and is faithful to us time and time again. So whether you're worried or not, develop the daily discipline of giving thanks to God. Whether that gratitude is blood pressure medicine or vitamin C, take it every single day. And when a difficult situation arises, you'll already have your immune system built up and you'll be able to say, I'm gonna rest in God because I'm grateful for who he is. 
and I'm grateful that he's good and I'm grateful that he loves me and that he cares about me and that he's faithful. Philippians 4, Paul writes this. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and here's the key and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So take out your bag. All the things that you're carrying that you were never meant to carry. Let's unpack that bag. Worry by worry, fear by fear, doubt by doubt. And let's give all of those things to God. We're gonna hand that bag over to him. We're gonna place it in his hands. How? Paul says, we thank him for all he has done. It's gratitude. And when you do that, Paul says, you will experience the peace of God. How many of you need some of God's peace in your life? Yes. I love what it says, God's peace, right? which exceeds anything you and I are able to understand. How do you experience that peace? You experience God's peace as you allow gratitude to move you from a place of worry to a place of rest. In a God who is good, faithful, strong, loving, caring about you and about me. That peace will change your life. Pray with me today. Father, we come to you this morning and we bow before you, thanking you, Father, for who you are. We thank you, God, that you are good. We thank you, God, that you are loving. We thank you that you are caring. We thank you that you're strong, that you're mighty, that you're powerful. And we thank you, Father, for the way that you personally care about each and every one of us. Father, we thank you that we can trust you because you care so much about us. You care about what we're going through. You care about what we're carrying in our bag. You care about what's worrying us. And we thank you, God, that you care. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you that your faithfulness in the past reminds us that you'll be faithful again and again and again. So Father, I just pray this morning for the people who are carrying bags full of things they were never meant to carry. God, we place those burdens before you today. As the bags are ripping, tearing, as they're frayed and falling apart, Father, we thank you that you can pick up the pieces of our lives. We trust you today. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just another moment, maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, and the first step you need to take from worry to rest is thanking God for the life and death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. The great news of the gospel is that you can find forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him from heaven to this world and he lived a perfect life, dying a sinner's death on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could be forgiven, so that we could know him, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today, you want to place your faith and your trust in Jesus, I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. 
Let's make this our prayer together this morning. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.